And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good, sir. Blake, I made it back from my uh, pilgrimage to the University of Notre Dame. Missed out yes, a little bit on catching some of these games live, but it's it's always good to go back to South Bend. I remember last year, you and many others clowned me for saying that it's one of the greatest places in the country. But still, man, that campus is awesome. Have you ever well, been? Because you came out here and said you don't even have an Applebee's. You know, like, I mean. What does that have to do with anything? South Bend's a dump. No, it's not. You've never been. You don't know that. You've never been to Baton Rouge. All right, that's fair. That's a- <laughs> okay, I mean. There's a lot more to do in Baton Rouge than it feels like South Bend. Y'all got like seven streetlights. Okay, that's definitely not true. That's absolutely not true. (laughs) Okay, well, nevertheless, uh, good to be back here, Joe. Good to be talking some more college football. You know, look, a lot of people this week, Joe, were saying that this game this week was not going to be very entertaining. I got to admit, it was highly entertaining. Now, the mid-games, the the middle games of the weekend did not really – uh, live up to anything. No. Georgia absolutely clapping. Uh, Florida, a lot of other games did not good, but the morning games and the ones at night lived up to the hype. How about the Arizona Wildcats? Yeah, yeah. Making your boy seven and one. Meanwhile, I would have had a perfect week, but Oklahoma, <clears throat> sorry, I, I mispronounced their name. Choklahoma. Absolutely screwed the pooch against Kansas. By the way, for anyone who doesn't think we know what we're talking about, what did we say on the Wednesday show that this is a perfect week for some upsets to happen? This is a yes, if you get yes. caught off guard. What happened with Penn State? They they played around with Indiana uh, a too much. Yeah, Ohio yeah, State yeah. played around with Wisconsin a little too much, and then the one banger really hit, which was the the Kansas upset of Oklahoma, which. We highlighted how it could happen, and it played out pretty close to that. Oh, and I got – I'm so glad you brought that up because there's a couple of program announcements I'm not sure if you're you're aware of. Uh, Number one, yes, I did go 7-1 and this week to make myself 42-26. and But, Joe, I got absolutely ridiculed by Utah fans this week because I said Oregon – not only was Oregon going to win, Oregon was going to win by 14-plus. Well, exactly how you boys said the game was going to go is exactly how it went down. And Utah, as I've been saying every week, is not a great football team. They're a 9-3, and 8-4 and four team because offensively, they are that bad. The Oregon Ducks go up there and splatter the Utah Utes. I want to say something so bad. You know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to antagonize say a little it. bit. Why are you quick and willing to criticize Utah, who has a similar roster construction to Alabama. Alabama Alabama is half uh, look, Alabama offensively is light years ahead of them. That yes, they have been more productive, but what I'm getting at here is I feel as though Alabama since the Texas loss has played some very beatable teams. And they this week we're going to really find out who they are. By the way, we're really going to find out. I will if admit that, team that Alabama legit. hasn't played a team like Oregon. However, okay, that's not Utah's first loss. They also lost to right. Oregon State, who just got beat right. by Arizona. So, it, it, Joe, it's the way. That it, so we talk about statistics. We talk about all these things. It's the eye test. And I and here's another thing: if you lined up Oregon and Alabama today, I'm not a thousand percent sure that Oregon walks out of that one unscathed because I have the better coach, I have the better defense, I have the better running game to some extent. One team is a lot more balanced. I think that sure. there is – I'm not sure. going to say a significant gap, but there is a gap between Oregon has Oregon not and Alabama. defense like Bama's either. That's, Utah's that's, not that's fair. A team, you know, I, I mean, Joe, I, I'm just going to call it what it is. Let's call – right now, we got a middle-of-the-road Florida team that was going – I'm just going to call it what it is, punch for punch with Utah. Okay, well, that's fair, and that's because Utah's offense, which is we've rediscovered on a weekly basis, is terrible. But I don't know. We're going to get to the the the, the Oregon-Utah stuff. It's very impressive to me to do what they did at Utah Hold against up. a very good defense. Hold up. 
This has nothing to do with – see, you say it's me always doing this. You're the what? one that brought it up. All I said was is that the Utah fans were coming after me in the chat. They absolutely – Obliterated, Joe, 200 comments, all of them absolutely ridiculing me. And you know what? You can't see it because it's not on screen, but I'm giving you double middle fingers, Utah, now. That's what you get for reading the comments. That's that's what you get. But you told me to. No, I didn't. Okay, I might have said maybe comment. You kept sending me the comments. We had one guy out here who said Blake would pick UMass over Utah. You would. No, I wouldn't. Well, no, I wouldn't. Okay, don't put that on me. Now, here's another programming note. Clemson with their fourth loss. Oh, my. Clemson has four losses. Oh, by the way, you want to ridicule me about Bama. You were talking mad shit about North Carolina and Georgia Tech out of the, out of the ashes rises up like a phoenix. Georgia Tech pisses me off so much because they don't do shit. They don't do shit the whole season, hey, and then they play North Carolina. And they, they are just playing do this. really good football, and I know you're going to say they're not Who a good. Great they team. beaten? I, I mean, Joe, they beat Miami, who's going to wind up being a nine and three, possibly ten and two Mario team. Mario Cristobal beat Miami. Sure, they still won. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, Joe. Okay. If you got a W next to your name, I don't really care how you did it. And you know what? That gave them momentum to go and beat a better, talented, well, probably better coach team in North Carolina. Tez Walker is still on the ground after he got splattered. Okay? Haynes King. Hey, the emergence of Haynes King. What if it wasn't Jimbo? What if it wasn't – what if it – uh, I, mean, I don't – What if it was Jimbo? Two – I don't know. I can't go with two games – being enough to define if Haynes King has yeah, something gonna killed about Georgia, right? Georgia's but gonna kill him. the Dabo thing's not on the docket, and we had talked about earlier how we might end up talking about the USC situation with Lincoln Riley and that stuff. But I'm gonna be honest with you, Blake. I'm moving past it. I'm done talking about them. I'm done giving them run. Dabo's a joke. Lincoln Riley's a joke. They have been overly propped up the both of them for different accomplishments. And yeah. they clearly are unwilling to adapt and do the necessary things to win. They're both incredibly pompous. I, Jay, I don't I care have if that no idea. I have no Here's the thing. USC, to me, is a sleeping giant. It is a sleeping giant that if the right coach gets in there, there is more talent around that local L.A. area and in California that you can go and get. But the bottom line is – you got Cal Berkeley out here almost beating you on a two-point conversion. Dude. Look, I, I, I'm not saying this because I, I'm not – I don't hate USC. I, I'm not really that partial I towards – I know that you are. But the bottom line is if we're going to pull out all bias, they got to fire that entire defensive staff. They have to. Like Not a single position group that looks good on defense. None. None. Linebackers are below average, well below average. D line, oh my God, they're they're terrible. And yeah. then that DB room, just overrated, very overrated. overrated, man. It's not like you said, Joe. It's not on the docket. But those four teams or the three teams need to be spoke about. Now, Washington gonna wind up losing. I don't know who they're gonna lose to. They got USC this week. Next, now, Monday, we turn the page, Joe, and I got to admit, what a massive week this week will be. We might even have to add in another show here. Wait, 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 wait. I just realized something. Look at the comments. What? <laughs> look look who it is. Oh, God. That made my night. That's look awesome. <laughs> my man. Hey, my man. My man right here. Um. Shout out to Josh Pate. My, I saw awesome. on Twitter that he, you, um, he had food poisoning. So get better, my man. Get better. It's a big week. He was at Thank that you, Florida Josh. Georgia game. Well, I, was I he really? Have. Yeah, he was at the Florida Georgia game. Something that they're serving at the, the cocktail party. I, I, <laughs> hey, man, never trust a man in George, uh, Pate. Never trust a man in George. I will say that. 
But I do got to admit, and thank you, Josh, for being here. You know you're my dude. Um, I, I will admit, I will admit, they got to fire the entire defensive staff. I don't remember where we, we left off there, but they're going to have to. Final thing on program announcements, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Will Levis. This is a Will college football Levis. show. This is a college football show, Blake. Blake, I okay. I, I had a com- told you all week. I told you all last year that <laughs> Kentucky's just a badly poor run offensive system. Look at Will Levis today. But, but okay. I actually had a nice conversation with with a few individuals uh, in the scouting community, a few a few people that work in scouting media stuff like that, and you know it, it fits exactly in line with this. the The general consensus was that the next week is going to be insufferable for people talking about Will Levis because it was one game. He played great. I loved what I saw from him, but I got to see him string some stuff together. But that throw he had, that one long touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, that's what he can be. That's what he's capable of being. You just got to do it more often. Oh, by the way, I just got a, a, a message somebody sent to me that Pate had, Josh had mentioned this. Guess what game he's going to be at this week? LSU-Alabama? LSU-Alabama. It's a massive week, but we do got to recap uh, this last one. Last one. Oklahoma-Kansas, we're going to come out of the shoot and talking about that, uh, mainly due to the fact that Kansas upset Oklahoma. Easily the best game of the weekend. We'll talk about that one. Also, Georgia Georgia, and Florida will recap that. Oregon and Utah. And what was our third or fourth and five? Oh, Tennessee, Tennessee and Kentucky. Kentucky. But yep. We'll go around during Tennessee and Kentucky. We'll go around all of college football uh, during that segment as well. So we got a lot to touch on here, Joe. So let's do this. Everybody do us a favor. If you hadn't done so already, hit the like, hit the share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us, watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, all of that great stuff, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Let's talk, Joe, about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. By the way, 7-1 and one this week. Got to admit, made some Cheated. serious money. Made Cheated. some serious money. Cheated somehow. Oh, how do I cheat? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you do all the programming here. You do all the, you know, how do I cheat? There's no way. That's true. I do pick the games. Okay. So I'm back. <laughs> Talk about good friends over at betonline.ag. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to discuss next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline. Dot A-G. Hey. Hey. What about that fourth quarter for Malik Murphy? I got I'll give him that, man. He that fourth quarter was highly impressive and not really crunch time. I gotta give it to him. He started out shaky. He that fourth quarter he had was highly impressive. Very much so outplayed the expectations. Yep. Very common bet that people were throwing out there was BYU to cover. He played really well. And no, that's a lot of in. People were people yeah. in that first half were bring in yeah. Arch, bring in Arch. He had a really good second half. And I'm not angry at the world, Mr. Pate. You know what I mean? Like I just read the comment. Like, I'm not angry at the world, man. Come on. You know, I'm just debatable. Okay. You You're didn't. angry at me. That's what needs to be rephrased. You're always angry at me. That's what's good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for tuning in, brother. All right. Yesterday, probably in one of the better games in college football this season, Kansas and Oklahoma squared off in Lawrence. Joe, I I could not take my eyes off of this one. I know that there were other great games that were on. This game got delayed in the first half. Both teams come back, and it was was quite honestly Haymaker City, man. Both teams were throwing haymakers. 
Dylan Gabriel did not have a good day. 14 of 19, 171 in interception. The weather really did permit him for getting things going in the air, but they did get some things going on the ground. But the I say it every week, Joe, as, as if it's like my name or something. Oklahoma not being able to convert on third down and fourth down late into that game lost them. They were two for 10 on third downs. They were getting off the field way too easily. Kansas was flying around the football. They controlled the line of scrimmage on both lines of scrimmage late into that game and into the second half. I can't believe I'm going to come out here and say this, but Kansas pushed around Oklahoma, something that I never thought that I was going to come in here and say. But the one key thing to me, the turnover late by Oklahoma, Kansas just felt like as the game kept going on and Oklahoma wasn't able to separate, Kansas wanted it more. They were flying around, and I got to admit, Joe, we talk about Lance Leopold, their head coach, a lot. I am a massive fan of Coach Leopold and what they're doing in Kansas. I I, I hate to say this, but we talked about this during the last week. I'm not shocked that it happened. Mm. I am shocked, however, Oklahoma got pushed around up front. Well, one of the things we talked about in the preview is that Kansas has a lot of pieces on that roster that aren't getting national attention. Multiple offensive linemen, two of their guards, very good players. Devin Nealman is going to be a big name for this upcoming draft. I'm a really big fan of his. The things we saw, the contact balance, all that stuff played played really well for Kansas. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I hate to admit this, Kansas fans, this is an exciting win, but this might be what pushes him out the door. I really think that someone is going to come along with a blank check and try to coerce him into coming there. There has been speculation. Maybe he ends up at Michigan State. If I am him, I would not want to go there with the current state of that program. And the uh, the stigma around being around that Michigan State program just in general. But if something happens, the one I want to monitor the most is whatever happens at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, if he goes to the NFL, as some people are speculating, does Lance Leipold end up at Michigan? Doesn't I think there's a possibility. Doesn't you think fit. so? No, I don't think it's a Midwestern want, guy. He came from Wisconsin. But they want Michigan men. That is true. Like their their whole stigma is that they want somebody led by Michigan. Yeah, but was Brady Hoke and Rich Rod were they Michigan men? Brady Hoke was. What did Brady Hoke play there? Brady Hoke might have. I don't know about Rich Rod. Yeah, though. Rich Rod didn't. Bring back yeah. Rich Rod. Look. I do think that Oklahoma offensive line did a lot of good things. The passing game couldn't get going late. They ran for over over 260 yards. But, Joe, I, I, I can't a – Brent, a Brent Venables-led defense. Now, a buddy of mine <laughs> sent me a text during that game and said, this is what happens when Brent Venables can't steal signs, okay, is that his defense gets run all over. 225 yards on the ground for Kansas. Now, look. Bean did not have a great game, okay? If you just look at it through the stats, he was 15 or 32, 238, or 218, excuse me, and two interceptions. That Kansas got the turnover and then ran a zone read, which he scored on, ma- absolutely massive. You get a turnover on one play, the very next one you're going, I think it was around 40-something yards into the end zone, and you take the lead. He was able to extend plays with his legs. He, look, They're just a very well-coached, balanced football team. If they got Jalen Daniels back, I don't know what this team could do, but they're good enough. They're good defensively. They're good on both lines of scrimmage. And the Neil kid, they said, was from Lawrence, Kansas. And that's what you got to do when you turn programs around. When you can recruit some of the guys that can actually play from you in-state. Joe, that kid normally, I would assume, I'm not – very privy on the Kansas State recruiting prowess. But nine times out of ten, it feels like that kid goes to Kansas State, right? Lance Leopold. Or elsewhere in the Big 12. Or elsewhere in the Big 12, right. Oklahoma State, wherever it may have been, they pushed him around. I I, want to go back to some of these play calls late into these games too, Joe, because Oklahoma – Jeff Lebby is a very, very good offensive coordinator. Very good offensive coordinator. But them being two for 10 on third down is a little alarming. Now, (laughs) my take about Oklahoma this week was wrong. I thought that they had had struggles running the football with their backs. But regardless, Walker had 23 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. 
Mm. I thought that that could be the the way when we talked about upsets this week that Kansas did it. It was Gabriel being a little – I know he's 14 of 19, but he missed a lot of things to be desired. He didn't pull the trigger. He, he would take off and run a lot of times when maybe he should have. Maybe it was the atmosphere. Maybe it was the wet ball. I, I don't know what it is, but he did not play the game that I thought that he can go in there and play. This is going to sound really stupid, but just bear with me, and I'm probably going to get clowned for making this comment. Dylan Gabriel, it felt like, as you just mentioned there, the weather conditions for some reason completely disrupted his rhythm. So it was raining for a good, decent portion of this game, not the entirety of it. But I think that that poor early start that he had, I forget, he was like he was like two for 10 or something yeah, at one point. It was, was really bad. Really bad. That stuff completely destroyed his day. He is somebody who, as we've seen in his career, and I thought that he had grown past it, why I was so in very on him streaky. in this Oklahoma team. Yeah, he's very streaky. He gets down and he stays down. He really does not get out of it. He didn't make any big plays to reinvigorate this Oklahoma team. And this is the stupid part, the stupid comment. He's a smaller quarterback. I don't know how big his hands are, but he's probably got little hands, and that probably impact him being able to throw the ball. Okay, calm down, Donald Trump. All right. <laughs> no, seriously, this is why we – wait, wait. This is why us and people in the NFL draft community talk about this because quarterbacks with small hands have a tough time gripping footballs when Joe it's Ball's wet, when it's small hands, and he just kicked up on the 49ers' ass. They're below the general threshold, but they're not particularly small. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to laugh we're at me for this, but this is, this is about- real analysis, Blake. This is the oh, real analysis. Okay, but you know what? It didn't stop Bean from having a fantastic fourth quarter. And, well, and he's bigger thing, than him. I, of, maybe he's got big hands. Maybe speaking of Pate State, well, he's a track star, too. He's a bigger kid. Yeah. Speaking, yeah. Of, speaking of Josh, he was in here earlier. He ta- he ta- I know he talks about backup quarterbacks all the time and how he likes it. And I'm always like, hey, man. I got to give it to him. Joe, we did not give him a lot of credit. The two picks were horrible, okay? They were not good. But, man, when you needed him, he was so clutch in clutch time. He was so good in clutch time. Let Kansas is 6-2. and two. Kansas is 6-2, which is nuts. But they have bad losses, though. Oh, Okay. Fair, that's but the, that's the, there's nothing really to really support with them. Yeah, they'll probably finish in the top 20. But you see, look, when I say that, you characterize it as me saying, Can they make a run in anything? Who knows? Maybe no, they could. Maybe. What I'm just saying is, they're six and two. They get a couple, they get some chaos in the Big 12. Oklahoma, you know, I didn't Oklahoma go to Oklahoma State later in the year. They, they, oh. they might be next week. Wait, okay, hey, man. Crazy things happen when the most gets washed. Okay, it is next week. So what if you have another crazy week where Oklahoma, I don't want to say comes out flat or whatever it may be, but the mullet gets formed. You know, Mike Gundy, I hear uses Tresemme, ooh la la, and, and all of a sudden in Oklahoma State, you got something really weird happening. Well, all we sudden, saw. Dude, I, sorry, go one, ahead. One sorry, last, I didn't mean yeah, one last point. Texas, even though I gave Malik Murphy some like. What's the word I'm looking for here, Joe? Uh, flowers. Okay, they're beatable right now. They are hot. That defense stepped up because Quinn. You, they are beatable. So yes. I'm just throwing it out there. They're not statistically out of this thing now. They're not. And to just add into that Oklahoma State point you're bringing up, we saw an explosive rushing attack take advantage of Oklahoma. Yep. What do we think Ollie Gordon's going to do who's got three straight 200-yard all-purpose games in a row? Speaking of a guy who belongs in the Heisman conversation, by the way, Ollie Gordon deserves to be in there. But this victory for Kansas and their record and how things can shape out for the Big 12 championship game, Blake, that signals for me that we will not have a Big 12 team sniffing the playoff. I really do not think that we are going to have somebody in the playoff. I think that we are starting to see now this conference more than any, and I thought it was the Pac-12 last week, and I'm flipping here. I think that the Big 12 is going to eat itself up over the next couple of weeks and knock itself out of getting into the college football playoff because what are we going to do? Are we going to stick Texas in there? If Alabama loses to LSU, this is where things get really complicated. Well, see, this is what 
so Joe, you remember earlier in this, uh, before the year even started, maybe I think it was like week two. I said, Joe, this feels like a spooky year. This feels like a two loss team getting into the playoff type stuff. Now you need a lot of chaos to happen. Okay. You still need, would need Washington to lose. You'd still need us. I mean, not USC. You would still need maybe Oregon to lose another game and not win out in the pack. You're going to need Oklahoma and Texas to lose again. Florida yeah. State continues to absolutely dominate human beings. All right, they are in, as impressive. But who who knows how this could go down? But things are starting to shape up in every conference. You're coming down to Michigan, and I know we're off the beaten path on this game, but you're coming down to Michigan and Ohio State squaring off for the Big Ten. You, you got pretty much, man, uh, Florida State running the entire ACC. We're going to find out what's going to happen in the SEC this week. Things are shaping out really quickly, and who knows what happens if some chaos uh, were to go down. Um, one last thing for me on this game, I thought Brent Venables looked shook when he went down yeah. late, okay? I think it was the first time that he was kind of like, you know, I would saw him on year, like maybe his team was a little timid and he was a little timid. That turnover that they had, man, oh, man, when you have turnovers, you're going to kill yourself, so – We'll see. All right. You want to move over to Georgia and Florida? Or are, uh, we, doing Utah? are we doing oh, Utah? Oh, let's do Oregon, Utah. Yeah, yeah Oregon, yeah. Utah. Yeah. Joe, last week I came out here and I said, okay, that – and I, I went back and watched it because there were so many people in the comments ripping me up. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just find out. Did I say something outrageous? You know, like – no. I, no, I didn't. So I went back and watched it, and I was like, "Wait, I picked Oregon by fourteen plus." What was the fast score? What happened? I said that Utah would get suffocated offensively. They did, and I said Bo Nix would come out. They'd come out firing on all cylinders early. They would take a lot of punches deep. They take a lot of shots deep. This running game would would get going. Was is actually that was your biggest take? Is that you thought that Bucky Irving and crew would get rolling early, and they did. Utah's just not a great team. I know that that game was at home. I, I know crazy things in the month of October happen when you go play Utah at that stadium. doesn't matter. They're not a good football team offensively. They are great defensively. A lot of people thought this game would be close. I never once did because I've seen – I know what my eyes are telling me. Oregon is bigger. They were faster. I felt like they were better coached offensively. The personnel that they have offensively is not great. We talked about even in the non-playing portion of the year, Joe, I said, if they have a couple injuries uh, up front, they're in trouble. They had a couple of guys banged up early that would wind up coming back. Oregon was teeing off on them. Two freshmen that are in the mix there, they did not look great. I thought that this was a very big statement by Oregon. The flying V is back. Dan Lanning and company, they are back in the mix, and people are like, oh, okay, Oregon's just – you know, Oregon might have just lost to a really good Washington team. That's how the public sees it. I think Utah's going eight and four, nine and three. And I think Oregon's still on track to do what I picked them in the preseason, and that being win the Pac 12. It's kind of funny looking back at this and knowing that the Utah fans were so upset at you because I basically yeah. said the same thing, but I added a qualifier. I thought that what you were saying was going to play out. But I said, but I'm, I, I can't fully commit to it because of where this game is being played. And that saved you from a week's worth of absolutely right. getting ripped up in the comments. That's what right. happened. Right. But with that in mind, we have to revisit what was discussed during that preview. That this home stadium, Utah's home field, they were on an 18-game winning streak, I believe, was what it was at. Yeah, 18 that is games, man. still one of the hardest places to win in the country. And I also think they were 27 for 28 in addition to that, that winning streak that they have. That's it right. is so hard to win at Utah for Oregon to go in there and win and not only win, but do it as dominantly as they did. And I understand Utah is banged up right now. They are dealing with issues, but for them to, to have an, to accomplish what they did against Utah, with all of those challenges of having to play at that location, is telling to me that Oregon will make the playoff. They are 
I it has been it has been completely reaffirmed for me that they are one of the most well-rounded teams in the country. They can yep. throw the ball and pick up third downs with ease. Bucky Irving is very elusive and is a great running back. Bo Nix is a balanced quarterback who can run and can throw. And that defense on a week-to-week basis is only getting better. Bo I think that may, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that by the end of the season, they're going to be even better than they were against Washington, and they're going to fix some of those mistakes. If Dan Laning fixes some things, I think that they do beat them if they face off again. But my big takeaway from this game, Joe, other than Utah just being absolutely suffocated. off. I mean, look, they had got some things going. They got six points. But, man, uh, Bar- uh, Bryson Barnes just he, – he, he, I feel bad for the kid because I feel like I, people make it seem like I don't like the kid. No, it's not that. I really don't know if Bryson Barnes has the personnel around him to take on a team no, he doesn't. Uh, like Oregon. The thing that I walk away from this game, man, Bo Nix made a lot of big-time throws on third down, a lot of clutch throws on third down. We're, I'm not going to come out here and act like Utah's defense is a slouch. They're not. They're like, again, we said really well coached. Kyle Whittingham or Whittingham is one of the best just overall head coaches that you're going to find. But Bo Nix just said he didn't care. And on third down, I remember they hit it in route. I think it was to uh, Franklin uh, just in stride. Got I think it was third and 11. And Bo Nix continued to show why a lot of people are high on them and why they think that this team is very uh, complete. But in that second half, when some adjustments got to be made, Oregon kind of got suffocated in that third quarter now. They kind of got suffocated. And I was like, eh, did they are we find gonna, something? Are we going to criticize the team because they played not as good as they could have for one quarter, though? Like that seems a Fair. little nitpicky. I get what you're saying, but Fair. if we pull back a little bit and think about what we're talking about, because I don't disagree. Negative with that one yards in, uh, in a quarter. Yeah, but then what did they do in the fourth quarter? They pulled away. And okay, they well they game. had like two fifty. <laughs> well, you're right. What I'm getting that, at. Is, that is really nitpicky. I, I will. Well, that that's proof that how good spot. they are. That we have to find ways to to with it's hard to find the negatives with them. That's that's it for yeah. me. And the, and the negatives this season have been. A bad quarter against Utah at Utah, and bad decision making against Washington by uh, by Dan Lanning. Very true. I, I, I do. Um, it's a good point. It's a good. It's a really good point. Look, I, I think Oregon can continue to run this thing. I, I still think that they're, they're going to win it all in the Pac-12. They're still my team. I'm going to roll with them, and I, I like it. It, it. Let me ask you this question though, because we've talked a lot about Oregon. Let's let, let's. Talk a little bit about Utah. Joe, I just think it's a transition year. I think it's a rebuilding year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just think they're so bad on offense that it's going to take – look, they're going to have – I don't know if Utah would do this. I don't know if they would want to go in the portal. They're going to have to go in the portal and, and get some weapons on the outside because if you got to go down and score, look, you can have good physical offensive linemen, good backs, good tight ends. Joe, if you don't have a dude that can win on the outside, you're in trouble, buddy. I'm, you're in trouble in college football. You got to have somebody that can go out there and win on the outside. I know and firsthand. I, I know firsthand being a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> oh, I wonder who also said that they don't have we- you know good enough weapons on the outside. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't disagree with that, and I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a, a transition year. I just think it's a bad year where they caught a lot of injuries and not I, having I don't know how much Cam Rising saves this but, though. But Joe. they also would have Kuth who's of all American tight end who imagine their offensive production would it would have been if they at least had him. And they realized all the injuries helped them realize that they can use Sion Vaki as a good weapon who is the safety running back hybrid. I will say this though I I'd be very wary of what they do next year. I don't know what Cam Rising does but maybe they figure out that quarterback position. Maybe they go and grab somebody. Maybe Nate Johnson develops a little bit. They have a pretty good young core. Jonah Ellis probably comes back, is leading the country with sack production, pressure production. And then Spencer Fanu on their offensive line is 
been steady and he's a freshman. I, I think that there's a lot of really good pieces for that team. I guess, yeah, I agree. They'll be fine in the Big 12. Dude, they, I, I said this when when we did that one show where we got a lot of views for when there was all the conference realignment madness. Utah landing in the Big 12, that is a perfect conference for them to dominate because they are built so differently from the rest of those teams. And they will continue to be. And you know what? I, I will give them this, dude. That interior of that defensive line is young and ruthless. Like, I do think in two years when these guys are, you know, older, that they could definitely be something. I just don't know. Look, I do I think the game's closer against Oregon if Cam Rising plays? Yeah. Do I think yeah. that they beat Oregon State? Yes, I actually do think that they beat Oregon State. But I still think that they're flawed. And I think that one th – and look, Cam Rising could be out there just absolutely slinging. But I don't think Bryson Barnes played bad, man. I, like, I really don't think Bryson Barnes played bad. He was 15 of 29, 136, two interceptions. Man, he was under duress all night. He was under duress yeah. all night long. He was getting hit, getting back up. Sometimes, again, I, I just look at them as a flawed team offensively. They're going to have to do something, but I do agree that they can win in the in the Big 12. You know, another thing about this game, Joe, that I really like before we, we, we move on here, I just like how – look – I know that Dan Lanning is a Kirby disciple. I love how physical they play up front. I, I mean, uh, offensively. This is back-to-back -back big performance or big-time games where that offensive line looked really good, like really good. I did not know that Oregon, if Dan Lanning would establish that that quickly, how physical they can be. But my goodness, man, they are so physical. Like, I watched their offensive line tape today. They are as technically sound as you're going to find in the country. The question becomes, though, man, on pass downs, they can be a little chaotic, but, man, they can run the football effectively. They are a very physical football team. And let's see how Dan Lanning is able to continue to put these classes together. Maybe they, maybe they are as physical to go into the Big Ten. Maybe we're not giving them enough credit on how physical this team can be. Yeah, they're not built like a Pac-12 team. They they feel like they're built more like Michigan and Ohio State, and it always comes down to the defensive line, the offensive line. They're going to probably, all three of these guys are going to be gone next year, but they have one of the best tackle pairings in the country. I and agree, their starting man. center is going to be possibly highly drafted if yep. he declares one of the top centers in the class. That, that offensive line, as you said, phenomenal and if they continue to succeed and they run the table it's going to be because of them i agree you know who did put on a splattering georgia mm, all right so i want to talk about georgia let's do this let's talk about our good friends over at home field apparel okay home field. you got oh my idaho shirt you like it let's see if I can get is that frame. their mascot the vandals yeah I'm not going to say what I think that that looks like, <laughs> but that kind of looks like a uh, a hobo in a knight's helmet. All right. I think that's what a vandal. Well, a vandal's like a, Is a vandal, a, a hobo in a knight's helmet. It's like a rebel. You know, he's just pillaging. Oh. I think the potato state. Yeah. And my cousin lived in Idaho. Said the people were fantastic. Man, said that they were awesome. All right. Um, got me and my wife have ours, our shirts coming in. I got me a long uh -huh. sleeve. She got her uh, a really nice shirt too. So looking forward to getting some more of our gear from home field. Let's talk about it really quickly. Don't go anywhere. We talk about Florida, Georgia next. We go around, uh, the rest of college football, maybe even Joe, a little bit of a preview into next week. We'll talk about that next. Don't go anywhere. Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by home field apparel, which is the best without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have 
on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. I'm going to start off this segment by saying Georgia, Florida, the largest cocktail party. Our buddy was just in here. How do you give Josh Pate food, food poisoning? That's that's number one, nevertheless. Don't eat the gator. Don't eat the gator. Gator's actually not one that's going to give you food poison. I mean, someone who lives on the bayou, I'm just going to say this. But I'm going to start off this segment by easily starting here. Carson Beck needs to be in conversations. He's on the outside looking in. He needs to be in Heisman conversations. I, I mean, look, Joe, he is he is playing as good as there comes. And it was a splattering. There's not one thing that Florida did better than Georgia. Not one. Graham Mertz was literally feeling pressure from everywhere. He was getting hit all game. Billy Napier with the stupidest call maybe of the season. You're going for it on fourth down. You snap it in between. The quarterback's legs, you're trying to get ATN on the outside to throw a double pass. Run the sneak. Run. It, it was so stupid. But what I said, and I know that Florida is maybe not necessarily the best wide receiver court from this point and people for this take to go get home for most people, but they're better than Auburn's. And that secondary is freaking good. This defense. Is good. And Joe, the take that I had all week is everybody said, what are they going to do without Brock Powers? What are they going to do without Brock Powers? First off, Delp made one of the most ridiculous, their backup tight end made one of the most ridiculous catches that you will see. But this is what Kirby was built under Nick for. They, when they have an injury like this, they hone and lock in. Okay. What did y'all think was going to happen? And I'm not saying it's a blessing in disguise that Bowers went down. It's not. You want your best player there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But if it's going to happen, you should not feel good about Brock Bowers going down. But guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. And his name is Lad McConkey. Or as we call him on this show, oh my God. Lad Mahonky is back. The Mahonky's back. I knew this was coming. Did you see the best generated uh, AI image of the week? It was Lad McConkey, and he was sitting on a donkey. McConkey on a donkey. McConkey the honky on a donkey. McConkey the honky on a donkey. Six catches, 135 yards, arguably one of the best route runners in all of college football, 22 and a half yards per catch. He had a massive day. But Dominic Lovett, man, 83 yards, Joe, 20. 0.8 yards a catch they found weapons they are they're back if they they didn't really go anywhere people were just overreacting in my opinion but they're back here's georgia man a lot of people didn't want to listen when you say georgia starts slow georgia treats the beginning of the season like it's the preseason they take their time and they also were dealing with injuries it was going to take a couple of weeks dude they're they're not back to where they were last year because they lost a lot, but they they're not did. very far off. And I know that they're still slowly getting healthy, but a performance like that against a credible opponent, this is not a slouch Florida team. This is not bottom of the conference Florida team. This is a quality opponent that they, as we, we have deemed it, a splattering. They splattered them. I think for me, what is a clear indication that Georgia – is in full Thanos mode, that they're in full full steam ahead, plowing through everybody, is the way that they ran the football. The fact that Dejon Edwards has 95 yards and two touchdowns and Kendall Milton goes for 55 and a touchdown, to get those guys back into the mix when they've had so much trouble finding rushing lanes is why the rest of the SEC should be fearful. There are other teams in the country that are surging right now but have difficult games on their schedule. Georgia's going to finish unscathed. I don't see with the momentum that they have. If this was the beginning of the season and they played Tennessee, maybe we can make the argument. But they have too much momentum right now to lose to any of these teams until they get to the SEC championship game. 
All right, we have some big breaking news happening. We'll get to in, in, uh, the in, Harbaugh thing. Yeah, the Harbaugh thing. We'll get to in just yeah. a minute. We have a lot of people sending it to us. We'll yeah. talk about it in just a second. I, I, I just want to address it. Um, do I think that Georgia is going to go unscathed? The likelihood is yes, they will. But they do have Missouri this week to determine the East. They do have Ole Miss, okay? Now, I'm not saying that either one – like, I'm, I'm not picking Mizzou to win. I'm not picking Ole Miss to win. But it can happen. One of those teams can't sneak up and beat them if they're not on their game. They're about to hit a stretch of their schedule here where they're facing some really good offensive teams. I think Ole Miss is hitting some strides here a little bit, Okay let's find out what happens with Ole Miss. They still have – they're still in this mix here, Joe, whether people like it or not. People want to call them Fugazi or Fugazi. Regardless, they're still an 8-1 – or, yeah, 8-1 football team. They go, they play Texas A&M this week, I believe. Mm-hmm. But we're about to find out how really legit this secondary is. I know that you have been pretty off with Brady Cook. But this wide receiver core from 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 Missouri is not a slouch. They haven't faced a secondary as good as Georgia's. Georgia I, might have the best secondary in the country. Just in no, terms they of do pure have talent. The yeah, they ha- they do have the best secondary in the country. I agree. They they have it. They, one. Yeah. I, I can't deny that. Okay, and that game will be at home for in Athens. Doesn't stop the fact for me though, Joe, that Missouri does have the potential to score here. And could make some things interesting. But I don't know how interesting because the team that I just saw, and, and look, I, I want to make this known. It was a fantastic win. Absolutely fantastic win. They pushed around Georgia, uh, Florida, Florida secondary. Here's something for you LSU fans. Florida secondary got absolutely torched by a guy that people were didn't think was that good three weeks ago in Carson Beck. They got wide receivers yeah. and Mahonky and love it. That did a lot of good things. Joe, they're, I, I don't think that we focus on Georgia a lot of times. And what we don't talk about, it's not easy to replace everything that they just had go to the NFL and they keep doing it. This is, I, I got to be real with you. This is a little bit of, he is saving. Like a, until he, until he starts doing some things a little bit more. He's saving. He, he's the new version of it. He's the bowl cut version of it. He's He was around him the most. Kirby Smart was the only coach that's ever been around Saban the longest time. He, it is his mentor. They talk more than anybody. And look what he's doing. I still think Georgia goes unscathed, but it would not surprise me if those two teams would beat them. But I don't think what we talk about enough is how crazy it is what they're doing, what they're doing. And they have to replace everything that they have to replace. But Billy Napier, that was one of the worst called games I'd seen, just being real with you. Well, okay, I don't know why we would we, – we can never consecutively put faith in Billy Napier to call two good games in a row. Never. You should always anticipate – the week after he has a really good game for him to shit the bed because it's just been that way for his entire time that he's been uh, a head coach. He's just been so freaking inconsistent, and we know that the uh, the obvious hurdles that they had. Even if he called a good game, though, how much how much was it really going to help him? How much was that actually going to put them in a in well, a position? Well, I don't think their doors would have been blown off. But yeah, they're not good. They're not good in the secondary. They yeah. have talent. It's not. Look, it's not as if that Florida does not have talent in that secondary. They do. Their secondary is not that good. The, the defensive line, dude, did you watch the game that I watched? Because I'm sitting here watching Edwards going 16 carries for 95 yards and two scores. They pushed – Joe, we've called this – if Florida had one good thing for them defensively, we talked about that D-line. And that physical Georgia O-line came out there and splattered them all over the place. And then the Bell kid. He is the least talked about player in the country, number 86. Yep. Joe, not only is he running the football at a as a running back, Joe, later in the game, he lined up outside and in double coverage, ran a fade route in the red zone and scored. 
They are as dynamic and as multiple as anybody in the country. Everybody thinks it's just run game defense with Georgia. The shit it is, they no, are wide ass not. open. And I, Joe, I'm going to continue to go back to exactly the same take that I had in the offseason or non-playing portion of the year. Who said Mike Bobo can't call plays? Because, right. That's the thing that bugs me the most is that because, I mean they're that, in his he is in his bag, Joe. Yes. The it was so stupid, and this is why. I, I sometimes fall victim to this, but we do this shit every time in the first month of the season. We already project everything that's going to happen. There are certain things that you can conclude after a couple of weeks, like Lincoln Riley has a shit team. That one we could easily conclude. <laughs> but what we shouldn't have concluded is that a new offensive coordinator and a first-time starting quarterback, we're going to take a couple of weeks to figure it out. It wasn't just going to hit the ground running. In the history of college football, that has never happened. Even when Garrett Riley was leading that TCU team, it took him a couple weeks to get that many points on the board. It took him that Oklahoma game to really splatter someone and show that they were explosive. It takes time. We got to be patient with, with stuff like this. And we know that Georgia is built the way that they are. We'll eventually see the results. This isn't Tommy Rees in Alabama. This is Mike Bobo, who's been around the block. And a, a, a highly rated quarterback recruit. They're going to be fine. Yeah, they're going to be fine. SEC's got to watch out. For who? Who's not watching out for Georgia? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that, hey, wait, the wait, there's fans country. of the conference that thought they could beat them, I bet, in the first month of the season. Nah, well, maybe. I, I mean. Come on. Come on. That's the most New Jersey <laughs> thing you said. I, come on. I, I Okay, I will say that there – but. I'm not – they still got things that they – What my whole point, though, was they still have things that they have to prove. Like, is it a big win and what they did? Was it impressive? Highly impressive. Highly, highly impressive. Because Florida's not the team that they were last year. They're a better team overall. But the next two weeks is going to be, for me, okay, this is the time that Georgia's about to make a statement. And they got two really talented offenses that are coming in there. Let's see how they uh, figure it out. One final thing, I, I, something I'm going to have to research because I don't know this. How many straight games has Kirby won? Because he won two playoff games, okay, after they lost to Bama. Uh, I know it's 24 straight SEC games. Wait. Well, if it's 24 straight SEC games, then no. That's not right. He's won I, They two, said it during the broadcast. 17, and they're what? 8-0, 9-0 now? 25 says Rushman and Chris. 25 in a row? 25 in a row, dude. Wait, when was their last loss? It was Alabama on the SEC championship game. In 2021, though. Yeah, 2021. So they've gone okay. they've gone a year and a half without losing. I'll count it up after to confirm, <laughs> but I think 25's right. I believe 25 is correct. God bless it, dude. That is, you know what that is? Can I tell you what that is? That's NCAA. That's that's exactly what I'm doing on NCAA. Yes, yes. That's playing a video game. Will never lose another game under me, ever. Uh, I did get beat by. I did lose my. Uh, I was going for a six peat. I got uh, beat by Iowa. Iowa of all teams. Yeah. that's perfectly. And fair. I don't. Yeah, it's so stupid. They I was ran gonna, all over me, bro. They had like 300 rushing yards. I feel so bad how, for even saying that. How bad did their punter kick your ass? How bad, how bad did he kick your ass? <laughs> he, they didn't punt. They didn't punt. Oh, they that's kept, even worse. They, yeah, they kept the ball the whole damn time. They scored every drive. All right. Um, but Joe, before we do get to these other games, I know Kentucky and Tennessee played, uh, and just kind of some more games uh, here. Uh, there's some breaking news and the Jim Harbaugh saga that I want to read. So this is from Wall Street Journal, Football Scoop, uh, a lot of places. But Wall Street Journal broke the news, which, look, I've never seen Wall Street Journal break a college football story, but it does seem to be pretty accurate. Uh, Michigan, this is what they have uh, reported. Um the University of Michigan has rescinded a contract offer that would have made Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach in the Big Ten in the wake of the sign-stealing allegations and the football program. Joe, all this is to me, okay, 
they are lining themselves up that if they need to fire him, they're going to fire him with cause. I, uh, Joe, okay, if, here's you, the, if you were going to back him, if you were going to back Harbaugh, you would not have rescinded that contract. He is. Yes, I agree. I, I'm not debating their action is what they're trying to do. I, I think that you are correct in that aspect, but I think that's really stupid. This isn't a circumstance where he has underperformed over the last couple of years. No, and they want an out. This isn't like a Jimbo level. I know, but you would think that for a guy who has been, and let's tell it how it is, one of the best coaches in your program's history and a former quarterback for your program, one of the best quarterbacks in program history, that you wouldn't fight tooth and nail to protect him. That, uh, that would be really lame. To protect him when he got suspended in the first three games of the year. That would be so that'd be so fucking lame if 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 they fired him. Oh. That's that's pathetic if Michigan fires him. I don't because seriously, that's the, no, this is I one of the best coaches that they have had. But BS. Now you have the FBI involved in this because of computer-related um, crimes. Uh, that I wonder they were what doing. that was. Well, if the FBI is – this is what I think it is. I don't – it's strictly opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that they were doing – trying to break into people's computers, break into other teams' computers and softwares. Is what I, You would know more than I would. Is that, How illegal is oh, that? Oh, that's a – and it goes across state lines. It's not only a felony, it's a federal felony, and you could serve jail time over it. That's another thing that I've not to make. I know last time we talked about this, I was making excuses for them. That's another thing I have heard happens in college football that not, this isn't just a Michigan thing. There are, it is a strategy to try and to hack into people's exos accounts. Of course, of course it is. And it goes much, dude, I think they're in so much. Look, I, I saw somebody tweet this out. Okay. Somebody compared it to Michael Jordan that Michigan's going to go final last dance here. Like, this is it. Like, you oh, got to Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know. Okay. I, I, and I, I don't know, Joe. I don't know if they're not wrong. I like, I, yeah, makes sense. This is worse than Nate. What are the, what are some of the, this is worse. To, this is worse than really any scandal that I really remember in college football other than very bad ones like Les Miles, other ones. But, yeah, I mean, for like a non-conduct-related activity. Well, for, a non-sexually related or politically rated this, because you got Mel Tucker, yes, okay? Yeah. Mel Tucker's denying it. I don't want to go down. But the whole state of Michigan's getting investigated by the NCAA. The I mean, this, state. this is probably on par – with Miami and with SMU. I think it's – and those were – And, Joe, again, we're not talking – Joe, he got suspended three games for recruiting violations. Like, I, yeah. I mean, this is not the first act that Harbaugh has had. And, look, I had Michigan fans all in the chat, okay, all in the comments saying that I didn't know – what do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? You literally had a coach suspended. The NCAA is what the NCAA is. Like I love I, how they I, came to my side. By the way, that was really funny. They came to you, <laughs> and what's so funny is you wanted, you know, because I, of I, yes, I was a little worried because information <laughs> came out afterwards, and I was like, oh no, did what we and talked all about of them was defended you. All of them defended you, and you were, I, I, dude, literally. Tell me over like five thousand comments. This week of people absolutely obliterating me, and now nobody, everybody's silent. Yeah. This well, I mean, that's, that's how it works. That's how we win. That's how we win. Back to the story, though. Back to the news. Yeah. You're rescinding him because you have people coming out saying that they don't know if the NFL will allow him back in at the current moment with all this stuff being going. Like, it's not a foregone conclusion that he could leave because this is the FBI is now involved. And how much is he going to have to be involved? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Right. So, again, they rescinded it. But at the same time, I mean, Harbaugh is going to go down fighting. He's going to go down wanting his money. They're not going to want to pay, pay him out. They're going to want to fire him with cause. Michigan is not going to back him here because they have been caught red-handed. They've been caught. And, and, and until well, yeah, you – But the level of integrity, though, to not support – 
and loyalty to Joe, not support your Joe, guy. Joe, let me okay. They have resources under his regime. Him. Hold on. Under his regime, there is a potential. I'm not saying that this happened, but there is a potential that they could get 30 counts of felony charges, federal felony charges for breaking into people's computers. There is a potential. That is, uh, man, this is okay. So if you want, don't, do not tell me that this is just minor. No, I don't think it's minor. I just think that conceptually with like what we just talk about with the landscape of college football and we always criticize coaches when they leave, you know, we criticize coaches when they jump to the next opportunity, but the minute that things get tough, that they're just going to throw them to the curb. And again, I understand that there is a lot of negative evidence. There's they a lot of negative evidence against him. Investigated by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So does, but does firing him absolve them of any? No, no, it doesn't. But you, if you're, if you have Joe, if you have someone in your business, because let's call it what it is, it's a business. If the CEO of your business was getting investigated by the FBI, yeah, you would fire him. All right, that's a good point. That's yeah, point. you'd fire him. So don't don't he's over a five hundred million dollar business. Michigan football is a five a half a billion dollar a year business, and if this is what's going on and they're getting caught, they got more to worry about than Jim Harbaugh. They got to worry true. about ticket prices. They got to worry about Joe. Well, I, if they I fire Harbaugh and this all goes down, yeah, everything's going to be in the toilet. They're probably going to receive NCAA sanctions, and they're they're going to be bad for five years. I don't know about that because teams aren't really getting the death penalty. I don't think they're going to get the death penalty, but I could for the amount of as we talked about for LSU to get the the scholarship um got, limitations uh, for absolutely right for Tennessee to get the limit the, the restrictions that Tennessee, they were placed on them so here's the crazy thing people forget about Tennessee okay this is worse than than get, giving kids money in McDonald's bags it is yeah no it, i uh, man <laughs> i mean Hey, here's a deluxe breakfast. There's 50K in the bag. And the password to Ohio State's Exos account. Yeah. I I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anything else this week, before we get out of here, anything else this week that you want to want to touch on? Uh, I know that we want, we're going to talk about Tennessee, Kentucky, but I'd rather use the last couple minutes to just bring up Stop hitting on Washington. I think, oh, I think, and we God. will debate it. We will debate it tomorrow. We will de debate it tomorrow. But good teams are allowed to have bad games. They're That's undefeated. more than a bad game. They're undefeated. That's They're undefeated. more than a – if, Joe, if – They okay. have the best receiver room in college football. I'm just like, that has right, to be – So, hold on. You know what bugs the absolute dog shit out of me? Can I tell you what bugs the shit out of me? Is – Non-SEC people beat the hell up out of Georgia, okay, for almost losing to Auburn. Beat the dog shit out of them for weeks. Okay. And Stanford is worse than Auburn. Stanford is worse than Auburn. Not by much, but like a hair. More, yes, Stanford yeah, lost yeah, to Sac State. Yeah, yes, I they hear. lost to an FCS. You know what the hair is? Jordan hair. Okay? Bo BS. Stanford is cheap. You know that they're cheeks. Good teams are allowed to have bad games. And it's I also think that Arizona State is better than we think that they are. I think defensively, they're Horse a pretty manure. good team. Horse manure. Washington is Fugazi. And God, God willing, they watch it. Let them get in the playoff. Georgia is going to skull drug them. Yeah, it's gonna it it actually might be like that John Ross year with, with Jake Browning. <laughs> they're gonna get skull drug. I'm the, telling you. That offense though is more explosive and more dominant than that Washington team that made the playoff a couple years ago. I don't disagree with that with Jake Browning and them. I don't disagree with that. But yeah. I told you and I continue to tell you they have horrible tackle play. 
Stanford exploited them again. I just disagree. I completely disagree with that. But Both of those tackles are two of the best in the country. But Joel, how can, how can how can you watch a team like Stanford exploit them on both tackles? What was Michael the production Payton of those guys? under attack? Uh, I think it's coming more from the interior. 55%. I think it's coming more from the interior than it is coming from those tackle spots. Yeah, uh, Jake and the tri the tribal chief we just had done talking about that. Yeah, five minutes. You are you. And I, what's so sad is I'm a Penix homer. That is back-to-back -back weeks, I might add, that Michael Penix is throwing a pick in crunch time. I can't wait until our top 10s tomorrow because, you know what, I, it doesn't matter the order that anybody puts them in because, first of all, it's going to rapidly continue to change. But second of all, I, I don't think there's any right answer right now. There's just not. There's not a right answer. But I'm going to – I think I'm going to find a way to piss you off. That's the – that's – not deliberately, not, but it's going look, to happen. I, I'm going to tell you, I they're going to be in my top ten. I'm not an idiot, but you're going to be mad at mine. You're going to put them at like ten. No, there is oh, a two yeah. loss team. I'm debating putting in there. Oh my god! If you put LSU in there before <laughs> they even play Alabama, I'm leaving. I'm I'm leaving the show. I'm like I'm gonna leave midstream. Hey, I did it last year. You did the same thing, and they won. You could put them in after they win. Okay. You could put them in after they win. I'm rooting for you guys. We'll see what happens. All right. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. We might have to go because next week, we had not even talked about next week yet. God bless it alive. Insane it's insane slate. It insane. is. It is. Dude, it's like you got to have seven TVs on. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Peace.